Hi, I'm Ian Jimeno, and welcome to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. here carol with the k another special guest from the west coast ian jimeno who's a denver agent and investor and the host of the investor investor invest in denver podcast and he's also a content creator so welcome ian to the show i am so happy to be here caroline thank you so much for having me of course colado i love you know guys it's very deceptive his last name i thought you know, he's like Latin. It turns out he's actually half Filipino, um, which I thought was pretty cool. So let's just jump into it with the kiss me segment. So all of my guests, gifts, they kiss me and I get to know them a little bit better by asking some non-traditional real estate related questions. Love it. So the first question as always is, what was the first album you purchased? First album I purchased. I love this question. Uh, I was working at Subway at the time I was 16, and my first paycheck, I bought Finch, What It Is to Burn. I was an emo kid back in the day, so uh, I, yep, I love that album and still listen to it, to be honest. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, you're the set. I was editing a show today, and one of my guests, she still owns her Backstreet Boys album. So. <laughs> was it Millennium? Because I'm also a Backstreet Boy fan as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she's a little bit older than us, but you know, <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, second question, what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? For sure. Doubts. And a lot of my friends did not invest in real estate either. They just were not aware of it. They were not knowledgeable of it. So I can't blame them or myself, to be honest. It's just, I wasn't aware of this world. And as soon as I saw the numbers and as it, as soon as I heard about other people doing it, other books that I've read and things like that. I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. So I think the main holdback was just, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. Right. You, you use what you know now to make the de best decision that you could at the time. That's right. It's fair. And what is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you? Yeah. Back in the day, so during the pandemic, uh, August of 2020, I moved to Denver. That's when I first uh, moved here. And I had no way of making friends. No bars were open, no restaurants were open. I was like, how do I make friends here? And one way that I could provide value for the community was start a podcast and lift other people up as far as like local businesses, farmers markets, things like that. And I started the Big Locals podcast. And uh, all I did was talk about them and their business for 45 minutes and, um, you know, just edited it, put it all on the interwebs, Spotify, Apple iTunes, whatever. And um, a lot of people liked me for it. So it was one way for me to get friends and um, start to have like a presence online. So uh, yeah, that's one thing I did during the pandemic. That is so cool, by the way, like <laughs> talk about a great way, especially as an agent, right? To like get your name out there, make friends with local businesses and then, you know, kind of get some self like marketing, right? Just by 
creating a local pie. I love it. That is G you know, I might just steal that. Idea. <laughs> um, and I'll credit you of course, but that's so smart. Like I love that. Yeah. Completely free. So they came to me I, they loved it. And then can I just ask you, where did you move from? Yep. I'm from San Diego, California. I was born and raised there and my wife was born and raised there as well. So we met back in San Diego, got married there and moved here when I turned 30. So I am 33 right now. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, all right. So the next question, my favorite question is what is your favorite quote? Ah, uh, yes, man, you're asking some good questions already. I love it. Um, my favorite quote is by Tim Grover, uh, who is the author of relentless and winning. Uh, he is Michael Jordan's personal coach, um, or was, uh, but his quote was, if you don't want to pay the price for winning, wait till you see the bill of regret. And I do not want to have regrets and I want to win. So maybe not as hardcore as Michael Jordan, but nonetheless, I absolutely love that quote and just take your chances, take those risks and, you know, believe in yourself in the end. Now that we've warmed you up, kind of got you jazzed about what's coming next, let's get into it. So where are you based, Ian, and where do you invest? Yeah, currently I am based in Denver. I'm a realtor here. I am part of the FI team, FI team. For those who are uh, new to that space, it's the financial independence team. And uh, we try to get first-time home buyers or people that are on the younger side to purchase a home, develop some income while you live in the home through house hacking, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, doesn't matter as long as you're making income on that property. And then ultimately we want to, ourselves, we want to retire as soon as possible so that we can live a more fulfilling life and same with our clients as well. So that's the grand scheme of things. And our big, hairy, audacious goal is to bring the average American retirement age from 65 to 55. So just make sure that people retire as soon as possible and live a more fulfilling life. And I have two properties here in Denver, uh, one in Parker and one in the Westminster area. I'm currently house hacking in the Westminster area, uh, living in the basements, operating the main floor as a short-term rental. First time doing that and uh, I'm absolutely loving it and the numbers tied along with it. Um, but I first started out in San Diego and uh, house hacked there and encountered my real estate portfolio and the power of it back in San Diego in 2019 when I first purchased the duplex. Mm, awesome. So with that being said, was that your first investment property? It was, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's dig in. So tell us about that first deal in San Diego and how that all panned out. Yeah, totally. So like I said before, it was, um, you know, I was just not familiar with the space of real estate investing or even just owning a property. A lot of my friends and myself were just so used to either renting or living with our parents until well into our 20s or even young 30s, you know, and which, you know, like I saw no problem with it. A lot of people might feel embarrassed with it, but it was just so normal to us that it was like, yeah, we're saving a whole bunch of money and our parents like it, you know, <laughs> so it was fine with us. But I got this invitation to go to a brewery, Ballast Point in particular, and a real estate agent was um, hosting it and providing a seminar. And in Wait, S hold on. Yes. Before you continue, before, were you working like another type of job or were you always a real estate agent? I, so I was never a real estate agent before 2021. I only started about last year. 
So at the time, I was a W-2 employee. I was a geologist, but more specifically, environmental consultant. Oh, okay. So what does that mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Yeah, that's why I say geologist first, because not too many people know what environmental consultant means. But basically what it means is um, what I did during that time was, let's say you, Caroline, wanted to buy a mixed-use property. You have um, commercial space on the bottom, restaurants, bars, coffee shops, whatever. And on top of it, you have maybe 40 units on top of that, right? With that, you wanted to purchase that. And in order for you to do your proper due diligence, you wanted to make sure that the property is okay to live on or okay to operate a business on. So with me, I look at the physical attributes of it. You know, like say next door to it is a gas station. I automatically consider that a red flag until I dig deeper. It's guilty until proven innocent, right? So your due diligence process includes me as an environmental consultant saying like, hey, you have a human health risk. with buying this place and you don't want any sort of lawsuits five, 10, 20 years down the road, right? So that's what I used to do. And with a lot of my interactions with um, the clients that I was working with, they were investors, banks, uh, just big wigs, you know, like people that had a whole bunch of money or just were part of a joint venture that wanted to take down these deals. And I realized like, it's not just one person buying this deal. It's like a culmination of like, five to 10 people and they have their own teams of like attorneys, um, CPAs, investors, banks, and all that financing along with it. So I guess I was on like in the tip of the iceberg learning what real estate was before I even got into it myself. Make sense? Um, so you're the guy who's like, okay, guys, this is not a risk or this is a risk. Like this is my valuation and bye. Yes, Yeah. 100%. Yeah, they uh, banks uh, loved me, but my clients did not like me so much just because uh, it's red tape, you know. Uh, if, <laughs> yeah. if they have to go through a mediation, that's a whole bunch of upfront costs without any sort of return on that investment, you know. So Right. nonetheless, Yeah, that's they need fair. me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So then you're like observing, you're learning the business kind of on the off and actually like listening and seeing where some people probably have done the job like years and they never even realized like, oh wait, I could do this too. And you're like, oh, getting ideas. Okay. So then how did that progress into like, all right, let me go and, okay. So you, sorry, I interrupted you because you were talking about going to this meetup that an investor Yes. or an agent was having. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no worries. I mean, uh, yeah, sometimes I skip over those small details and it's good to know where those beginnings were before I go into those meetups. But yes, I was working at W2 at the, at the time. And um, yeah, the seminar was regarding the San Diego market. And I was curious, like, uh, sure, like I know crap about <laughs> San Diego market or the real estate market in general. So he was telling us that people were buying properties and living in them and renting out the other rooms at the same time. He himself did not con consider it like house hacking at all. But at the same time, it was house hacking. It was just like a fancier name for what he was describing to me. And I was... you know, convinced fully on it. And I knew that, um, you know, there's a lot of power to it. And he was saying that you are not going to be cash flowing day one. And I was like, then why the heck am I investing? <laughs> like this Right. makes no sense in that regard. So turns out um, the appreciation play is the more significant portion towards um, your wealth building in San Diego and in real estate. <laughs> 
So um, I was just a strong believer of it, especially after you showed me the numbers, what the market trends were and all that good stuff. That's how Okay. I got introduced. Oh, okay. So you go to this meetup, this guy's talking about San Diego, but you were in the north, weren't you? You said you were in San Francisco or did I miss that? A little bit. Well, I was there for college uh, just to graduate, but uh, I was just living a, most of my life in the San Diego area. So uh, after college, I went back to San Diego and, um, you know, that's where I had my job and started investing. Okay, so then after you went to the seminar, you like, what happened then? You're like, okay, I have all these ideas, like, then what? <laughs> totally. So at the time we were renting, we were renting a half of a duplex, a two bed, one bath place, 850 square feet um, for approximately $2,000 a month. And, you know, I, I considered that already a pretty big chunk of change, but it was very central and very close to where we lived. But we decided to work with uh, Patrick Kappel, the agents at the time, big shout out to him. I still work with him for referrals with a lot of my friends in San Diego who need an agent and I refer them to Patrick. Um, so what happened was we were like, yeah, sign us up. I'd like to just tour properties, see what is possible. And um, I guess that is a big thing where a lot of people get held back is that they don't know where to start and they are so um, ingrained on the finer details that they forget about the big picture. You know, when you look at the big picture of I'm generating wealth, I am making some income at the same time, and my mortgage is not going to be, you know, significantly huge compared to my paycheck later on, if I rent out these rooms. Um, sure, I'll figure out that stuff along the way. And I consider myself like a ready fire aim kind of guy. <laughs> and luckily, my wife is a ready aim fire kind of person. So um, I guess we balance each other out in, in that regard. So going back to the story, yeah, I we decided to work with him and uh, started to see some houses, some uh, do some showings. And um, he eventually found us a off market duplex in the San Diego area. Um, more specifically, North Park and Normal Heights, for those of you who might know what that is. Um, and It was a previous client of his and she was just looking to get out of the game because uh, you know she had to move out for whatever personal reasons so yeah we got our off-market duplex in that area so we were stoked on it Oh, nice. And then t like, give us a little bit, what were the financials? How did you finance the property? Um, did you have a tenant immediately? Did you have a short-term rental? Like what was, you know, what happened next? sure thing yeah we did not know how to finance this thing we're like So the, the listing price or what she was asking for was $815,000. And as you might know, San Diego is not a low cost of living area. <laughs> so Yeah, no. that was already, you know, a, like I said, a big chunk of change. And um, us coming out of college, me and my wife at the time, we, we just got married. We did not make... enough money to consider ourselves homeowners at the time. I guess that was a Yeah. limiting belief until we started talking to a certain lender. And the lender was telling us, that, yeah, you don't need to put down 20%, which is going to be like, what, $150,000. You could put down three and a half percent. I was like, what? How is a bank going to be leveraging 97% of the financing of this deal? And all I got to do is put down 3%? That's insane. So we put our money together and we financed it. I think it was like... $35,000 from both of us 
uh, total. And then closing costs made it about like $45,000. So we were all in at about 45,000 at the time. This is June of 2019 when we purchased the property. So when we moved in, we wanted to move into one of the units. So like I said, it was a duplex. One of the units was a three bed, two bath. And the other unit was a studio on top of a garage. So the person, the tenant that was living in the garage or on top of the garage um, had a lease for another four or five months. So we inherited that tenant. Luckily, we absolutely adored the tenant. Uh, very respectful, communicative, all that good stuff. And in our three bed, two bath, we also rented out a master bedroom and they get their own private bathroom for themselves. So all in all, we were um, renting, uh, you know, our mortgage was about $5,400, $5,400 per month, but we were getting $1,500 in the studio and $1,200 mm -hmm. for the room we were renting out. So wow. with $2,700 uh, taken off of that $5,400, we were effectively slashing our mortgage in half. So we were paying about $2,700 to live there. Okay, so a little bit of a bump compared to the rent that you guys were paying, but now you own the property, you're building uh, equity into it, so you could potentially use that in the future. So not too bad. Not too bad, in my opinion, yeah. I, I will say too, Caroline, is that it was bad at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 20, yeah, because it's like, dude, you're, you're now spending 700 extra dollars to live somewhere. Um, and then, so you just had the two bedrooms available and like, how did you find the tenant to live with you? Like, mm -hmm. was that a okay process? You know, like I've had people on here that good experiences with, you know, renting out rooms and living there, but what was that like for you? And then did you guys want to actually live in the garage studio? Like what happened? Yeah. Good question. So we didn't necessarily want to live in the studio because okay. I guess, first of all, the tenant was there and we can't really kick them out, <laughs> especially if they oh. signed the lease and all that good stuff. So yeah. with us living in the three bed, two bath um, and renting out one of those bedrooms, we were effectively living on two bed, one bath and with a roommate, you know, okay. so yeah. um, which is totally fine with us. I mean, us coming out of college, we were almost already used to it. <laughs> yeah. When I was living in uh, Santa Cruz, uh, I went to UC Santa Cruz at the time for college, I mean, I went to some people's houses and they were, you know, like, let's say four bed, three bath places, but there were like seven people living in there. And oh my gosh, it completely insane. And like, I guess that was another taste of real estate to me where how, what is the landlord actually paying for this house and how much rent are they getting? You know, especially uh -huh. in the Bay area, it must've been insane how much they were getting in profit, you know? Yeah. So nonetheless, um, how we found our tenant, our roommate, was um, or housemate, was through actually Zillow Property Management, and you know Zillow's a very household name. So I figured, hey, why not try Zillow with like putting up the listing, putting up the rents, uh, listing, and then you know putting up all the details, like splitting the costs of like utilities and um, what that amount might be. So we went through like maybe five or six applicants. Uh, and we chose this gentleman um, and 
Uh, I mean, just because he was a pretty chill dude and he had a girlfriend that was in the North Park area as well. So he actually spent a lot of time with his girlfriend <laughs> and we had no idea that we, that he was just not going to spend that much time, uh, with us. So we actually lucked out pretty good and he just used that room almost as a storage room rather than a bedroom. So lucked out. I would not guarantee that result to anyone. We just lucked out and found the right tenant. So um so yeah I, I found that zillow property management is a great way to get the listing on there especially mm -hmm. because people are looking on zillow to buy a house anyways right so people who are looking to buy a house might also have people that are looking to rent at that location as well or that uh, website so we put it on there um had some good uh, results from that um screened them well did the background check um I mean, he was a solid dude all in all. No missed rent, and um, he was a really good roommate, especially since he wasn't there most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys – okay, so then would you have done it anything differently or do you – or like actually let's backtrack like sure. what do you mean it wasn't so great like let's dig into that a little bit. Totally. Yeah, I'm glad that you picked up on that. Um the reason why it wasn't so great is because, sure, we are only paying $2,700 for the mortgage. We were still yeah. paying for utilities. We were still paying for any sort of mishaps, like um, what what happened. Um, so during the inspection, we uh -huh. we knew that there were like foundation issues with the place. And oh, even no. though like, because so, it's a 30s build, like it's a 1930s wow. home. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty old. And with it being that old, it's, you know, bound to have some problems, especially with electrical, just not being up to snuff with current appliances, foundation, you know, um, with the clay that's in the soil over there. I'm a geologist, so I kind of knew that. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, like there were so many other capital expenditures that we were just not aware of. So we had to replace the water heater. We had to um, redo the landscaping just for like our own sake and the foundation as well as the foundation in itself was about 20 grand and um so imagine paying 2700 dollars and still having a roommate and being a landlord and having foundation issues and it just sort of like stacks up kind of get what i'm saying right now yes, it, yes i mean it's it's pretty daunting and not gonna lie like we considered selling this place within the first year and a half maybe even two years i mean it was just for all intents and purposes, what is the definition of an asset? It's a place that gets you money. It was not giving <laughs> us money, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, is this the money pit that we just bought? What is happening right now? 100%. The money pit is a movie, 402. Like, um, you know, go look it up. Um, who is it? Tom Hanks is in the movie, I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I considered it a money pit at the time, and my wife thought so as well. Um, but the thing is, is that we, we held on, we were steadfast in it and we knew that like, cause often we hear times of like our parents owning property, right? Yeah. Our parents buying their primary residence for like 60 grand or whatever that number yeah. is. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. And 20 years down the road, that place is appreciated to like 300, 400, 500 grand, right? Over the right. course of 20, 30 years. So yeah. I, I mean, I constantly put on the forefront of my mind, what is this place going to look like 10 years down the road, 20 years mm -hmm. down the road, especially with the location of the property itself. It was in a very desirable neighborhood and mm -hmm. uh, very walkable to restaurants, pubs, 
um, what have you, you know, and it was in yeah. between all the freeways. I was like, I believe in this. I'm not seeing it right now, but you know, three, four, five years down the road, I have a lot of confidence in this property. Yeah, that's fair. And so question, did your tenant know that you guys were the landlord? <laughs> we tried our best to keep that a secret. And I know, with, Okay. I know with Brandon Turner and a lot of people, they say that, say that you're the live in property manager. And maybe this is something that you've heard, or I don't know, maybe recommended to other people. And I tried my best. I'm not going to lie. The thing is, is that when you, uh, have so many avenues for them finding out from where's the money going to from them and um, uh, how cautious we are. Uh, the lease agreements is signed under our name rather than an LLC. It's I'm like, the jig is up. I'm not going to lie to this guy. Like, and um, you know, he, he was very respectful in that regard too. And um, I don't want to say it's luck, but it is also based on, um, you know, what I think his it's priorities, right? I think Like, so. you know, you guys had a mission and you bought this with the intent. He probably, you know, he's a young professional. Like maybe his goal is not to build wealth right now. Like that's just not a priority for him. Yeah. Whereas you guys are like in the building stages, like you just got married and you see a potential of something. And I think that's okay. Is like, we always assume that other people have the same goals and desires when in reality, everyone's different. And everyone's working towards something different, right? Like he's probably at the point of like, I need to get married, right? Or like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I get that. Like he, he's probably just someone that needed a cheap place or reasonable Yeah. place to stay. And that was the best option. I think so too. You know, there's a time and place for everyone and everything. And uh, Yeah. for him, he probably just didn't have enough money to save up for a home. And all he needed was just a place to store his stuff. So, um, $1,200 and. <laughs> for storage is pretty pricey. Hey, <laughs> I'm not one to judge, so. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> He's paying the rent, so right. it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. So then you bought it in 2019 Yep. and you guys have this foundation issue and you're like, ah, the money pit. And so then how did you decide like, okay, we're going to move now. We're just going to let this sit here. And like, how did that all you know, play out and has this property appreciated, like what, what's been going on with this 1930s house that you guys bought? Totally. Yeah. Sequence of events goes, um, yeah, August of 2020, we decided to, uh, or I guess before that we decided to move out, but we officially moved to Denver in late August of 2020. And so we found a new tenant for the studio. The other person's Okay. was, uh, the lease was up. Um, and we found a Navy couple to live in the three bed, two bath. And at the time we were, uh, the rent for the three bed, two bath was 3,200 bucks per month. And the studio was still going for, I think it was 1550 now. So we were still seeing the studio still at market rents, uh, around that 1500 marker. So we decided to just raise that 50 bucks. Um, both of the tenants actually are Navy employed and they're both active military. So Amazing. I noticed that like, And right now, uh, I mean, I spend maybe two hours per month communicating with them, addressing any sort of issues, and I have no problems with them at all. So I would highly recommend for anyone that's renting in San Diego or any sort of like military town um, to rent out to the military. I mean, my Navy tenants have been great. I know they're commanding officer. Um, they get a stipend for uh, moving from wherever they're from. So the studio tenant is from North Carolina. 
the three bed, two bath couple um, is from Florida, Jacksonville. And so, I mean, they're great. I, I think love them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah, sorry. Um, last little bit, I know you mentioned, uh, about like the foundation issues and all that good stuff. So, um, we did have to address that not within the first year, but the second year. So we had to address it by the second year because insurance was not going to be renewed based on that. And I, that was not a lovely phone call when I got it from the insurance agent. And, um, ultimately we had to pull a lot of strings in order for this to happen. And, um, yeah, nonetheless, we got the foundation done. We had to get it done. I mean, we also got a lifetime guarantee with that. Um, so we are not at all concerned at this point in time with the foundation now that it's done. Um, so yeah, we moved to Denver and went, the reason why Denver is because, well, I mean, we just wanted to change the pace. I mean, uh, my brother was living here already and my parents were living here already. And we were mentioning to my parents, hey, we were planning on house hacking one more time, but we just don't know the area. So I don't know if we're ready to buy yet. And they're like, well, in the meantime, you could just hang out with us and live in the basement. I was like, basement? What? There's basements <laughs> over there? So there are, I've never been in a basement before I went to Denver. And that was what? A, never. I, wow. I only thought of it as like uh, a segment of the house in TV like shows and space. movies. That's it. Oh. That's about it. So, okay. uh, but nonetheless, like I took full advantage of the basements and I realized the full potential of house hacking, knowing that there's basements here in the, in the Denver area. So. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. In New York a lot. Well, if you're fortunate to live in a house, most of them have basements because it's just a <laughs> Northeast thing. Right. Um, wait, but I wanted to ask you something. Did you have to rehab or fix up the 1930s house? like anything else, you know, besides the foundation, like were there any other issues because it is so old? Like, did you have to upgrade it or it, it's fine? Like when you bought it, it was in decent shape that it didn't need anything else. Good question. Um, luckily it was in decent shape. It still has hardwood floors that does have some scuffing and all that good stuff. But I mean, our uh, tenants love it and they like the charm. So a lot of the archways have, or a lot of the path ways from room to room have these arches and it has a lot of character to it and with that character and charm comes with like updating too <laughs> so with that we definitely needed to replace all the locks on the doors like the interior doors because mm -hmm. all of them were operating on like a skeleton key like a legit wow. key you oh know my, yeah <laughs> oh my gosh okay yeah so that's I, cool i mean right it's cool right but the thing is is that it's not very sustainable when you got like future tenants in there you know yeah no so you definitely want like bathroom lockability you definitely want like <laughs> yeah. something where you can lock on the knob itself rather than a key that's separated right. you know what i mean and oh, then looking wow. like a janitor in a jail cell with all these like massive two inch keys, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. So nonetheless, yeah, we had to upgrade all that stuff. We did put in solar panels. I'm a big believer oh. in solar panels nowadays, um, especially being from San Diego and now living in Denver. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people don't think that Denver gets much sun, but au contraire, mon frere, it's about like 240, 45 days, 245-ish days on average per year that it has sun and the sun beats down pretty good. And um, you get with that federal tax benefits, your electrical bill stays the same because you're financing these solar panels rather than being subject to the private electrical companies and how much kilowatt hours you can use. 
blackouts, things like that. So it's a lot more Yeah. independence in that regard. So I don't know if you want me to go a little bit more on that, but I'm a big believer. And um, so yeah, that's those are the main things. And then we painted the exterior of the house and also redid the landscaping too. So a lot of people know that San Diego is more of a desert sort of
I will say that my um, projections with the property did uh, come to fruition. So when we bought it at 815000 we got it refinanced in earlier this year, 2022, March, and it appraised for $1.1 million. And we're looking at other comps nowadays, and we're looking at it appraising at $1.3 million. So over the course of two and a half to three years, we're seeing approximately three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars in equity gain. So Wow. and and now we're finally getting uh, cash flow just because rents increase as well, you know, Yeah. and it's a percentage of what you're getting already. So Right. it's all about the buy and hold strategy for me. I'm not a flipper. I'm not. I don't claim to be either. I Yeah. find that just holding onto these wealth generating properties is the best way to go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you 10x your $34,000 investment of three and a half percent to 300,000. So that's awesome. That's right. So Ian, tell us, uh, where can the 402 find out more about you or get connected with you if they want to learn more about you and what you're up to in Denver? Totally. Definitely follow me at ian.realestateagents. Um, I produce like uh, funny memes. Go for the memes, but stay for the education, you know? <laughs> and uh, I do also have a YouTube channel, and I am a huge advocate for house hacking. Um, and I provide a lot of videos and content on there of doing vlog tours, people that are currently house hacking and they're curious, like, let's say the audience is just curious, how does a house hacking setup even look like? If you don't want to have any sort of housemates or roommates and want a separate entrance or separate unit in your home, definitely watch my stuff on YouTube because people are getting creative with this stuff and it definitely helps to have a basement. <laughs> So, uh, yes, reach out to me, ian.realestateagent. Also, give me a call or text, 720-704-3522. Um, and just enjoy the process. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Ha <laughs> ha Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ian. And that is all, folks. 402. Did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story, or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday.